0: Short sentences drawn from long experience tested in the crucible of time and suffering. That's how Dr. J. Vernon McGee describes the wisdom that we'll hear today in Proverbs 16 on Through the Bible. I'm Steve Schwetz, inviting you to hop aboard as we continue our five-year journey through the whole Word of God. So grab your Bible and let's welcome Greg Harris, the president of Through the Bible, who's here today with some great letters from our fellow passengers on the Bible bus.
1: And what better thing to do during letter month than to read Read letters? letters. And of course when we say letters, we mean digital. Print, whatever you want to do, snail mail. We just want to hear from you. And let's ask the question: why is it important for people to still share their story today?
0: Yeah. Well, there's there's many reasons. <laughs> yes. One is for us to know that you're listening. Yes. But really, more importantly, to, to encourage other believers and other people who maybe aren't even listening. We've had instances where people's testimonies have had tremendous impact on other people. Yes. So go beyond. Our encouragement would be go beyond just saying, hey, I love Dr. McGee and I love the teaching. Thank you. Tell us what you've been learning. Tell us how the the word of God has impacted your life. Share that with us so that we can share it with others and we can continue to glorify God through your testimony to us.
1: And earlier this month, we read a fascinating letter from a man that said he listened for a couple of years. Yes. And today he said, I'm giving my life to Christ. So imagine yeah. if your testimony is making him hungry and thirsty for the, the yeah. living water and, and the bread of life. So. Uh but let's let's read letters. We yes. we gotta do that.
0: This is Luke in Ontario, Canada who writes I'm learning that the study in Galatians is truly transformative. The most important phrase in the New Testament is in Christ. In him we find our true significance. In him we live and move and have our being. He is the true vine and we are branches that must abide in him as the source of life, vitality, victory, and fruitfulness. It gives me great joy and blessed assurance and the confidence of knowing that I am a son in the father's house and no longer a slave around the master's house. Oh, the joy of belonging to the forever family of God. Oh, the joy of believing faith that leads to enduring faith. Thanks be to God for his amazing love and grace and for lending Dr. McGee to us.
1: You know, all the years, have you ever heard that phrase? That's an awesome phrase, lending Dr. McGee and, uh, Love that. So here is Graydon in Indiana. I'm a farmer in Indiana. I was raised in a Christian home, but I started listening to you when my parents introduced it to me in July of 2001. I was 15 years old, and the Bible bus was just starting Galatians. I was so blessed by that study that I never stopped listening. Since I lived and worked on a farm and was homeschooled, I had to work on Sundays and couldn't go to church. Hmm. Through the Bible was my church. I've now completed the whole five year journey and I'm going to continue listening to and supporting you. Since I started listening, so much has happened in my life. I've moved out, I've been able to start going to church, I'm now married, and last year I got baptized. Amen. Way to go. He goes on, praise God for his many blessings, his mercies truly do endure forever, praise God for the Bible bus, it has been with me through the good and the bad, and Dr. McGee is always encouraging and building me up to glorify God in all that I do. Amen. Wow.
0: Great, and thanks for that testimony, and I'm especially encouraged because you said through the Bible was my church, and now you said, but I've been able to start going to church. And yes, through the Bible is solid Bible teaching, but ultimately, we think the Lord wants you, we know the Lord wants you involved with local believers that are growing in Christ together. We'd encourage you to do that. Amen to that. Greg, why don't you pray for us as we begin?
1: Father, we never take it for granted that you let us have a part in your transformation of people's lives through your word and the power of your spirit. And we look forward by faith to hearing more and more testimonies as we try to get your whole word to the whole world. We pray you'll bless those efforts and bring much fruit to your glory. In Jesus' name,
0: amen. Now it's time to head to Proverbs 16 on Through the Bible with Dr. J. Vernon McGee.
2: Now back to the 16th chapter of Proverbs today. And this is a very rich section, and I don't want to get bogged down, but it's very important, I think, these sententious sentences drawn from long experience, short sentences from long experience, tested in the crucible of time and of suffering also, and made rich and real by the power of the Holy Spirit, for us today. And Proverbs are for all time, although they were written to the young man specifically that was an Israelite under the Mosaic law. But it widens out and speaks to all of our hearts in a very definite way. Rich and poor, male and female, black and white, it pays no attention to that. This is a book that can reach down and touch us. Now, it opens, chapter 16, verse 1, like this. The purposes of the heart are of man, but from Jehovah is the answer of the tongue. I think that probably our human proverb that would go along with this is, man proposes, but God disposes. And that reveals the fact that As the Word of God says, it's not in man that liveth to direct his way. He may plan, and you and I may plan and arrange things, but I tell you, when the time comes to speak or act, God is the one that is going to have the last word, and He is the one that the answer must come from Him. We may make uh, great boats, but only God can give us the answer. Now, verse 2, "...all the ways of a man are clean in his own eyes, but Jehovah weigheth the Spirit." And here again, we have an example of that, and it's been stated in many ways. Before we've seen it, "...there is a way that seemeth right unto man, but the end thereof are the ways of death." And all the ways of a man are clean in his own eyes. The thing that... Any of you that have dealt with lost people and have spoken to them about their salvation or you've been a preacher or a teacher, you know that the answer that you get most time is, I don't need to be saved. A man's clean in his own eyes. I've had that thrown back at me, hurled at me as even a challenge. Why, I'm all right. What is wrong with me? I'm willing to stand before God. I'm an honest man and that sort of thing. And there are a great many Christians. They think that their walk is perfect before God. And the whole problem is wrapped up in just this one verse of Scripture. It's found over in 1 John, the first chapter. If we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship one with another. And the blood of Jesus Christ, God's Son, keeps on cleansing us from all sin. Hold up the mirror of the Word of God to your life, and it'll reveal things that are not quite right, that you haven't measured up to God's standard. You may measure up to the standard of the Chamber of Commerce, and they may make you the man of the year. They may reward you and give you a plaque in your club that you're a member of. Your church may even pat you on the back. Your neighbors may say that you're a great guy. But my friend, when you see yourself in the light of the Word of God, then you see that you have a need. You see that there's spots there. You see you've come short of the glory of God and that your way may be clean in your own eyes, but not in God's eyes. Because if we say that we have fellowship with Him and walk in darkness... We lie, John says, and do not the truth. Now, he's speaking to Christians. Well, I think there are a great many folks sitting in a church pew as comfortable as you please. In fact, they point their finger at other folk and say, Look, they're not so good. <laughs> I am. I'm really all right. Fact of the matter is, some of the saints today have asked God to move over. They want to sit next to Him and look down and judge their fellow Christians and there are a lot of folk in the world that feel like that they can do it themselves. But the ways of a man are clean his own eyes. But it's Jehovah who weigheth the spirits. God searches you. In fact, the matter is, the law was never given. There are many folk that have so misunderstood what we said in Galatians. They say, you say that the law is no good today, that the law is inoperative. I didn't say that you listen very carefully, you would have heard me say that the law can't save you because the law is good. Paul said it's good. It's a mirror. It reveals to you you've come short of the glory of God. And my friend, if you look at the law of God and then you still say you're measuring up to it, you haven't seen the law yet. You really don't know what the law is really saying. The law demands perfection of you. And you and I can't produce it. Therefore, you and I need a Savior. And that's what the law will do. It's the schoolmaster to bring you to Christ, take you by the hand, and bring you to the cross and say, little fella, what you need is a Savior. You need a Savior. That's what the law says. Law's good, but not to save you. It can't save you. And if you're going to go around and take the position that this proverb says, the ways of a man clean in his own eyes, and even with the Word of God before you. May I say there's none blind like those who will not see. Because remember, Jehovah weighs the spirit. And have you ever seen a pair of scales that can weigh spirits? Well, I'll tell you one, the Word of God. It's a mirror. It's a pair of scales to measure you. And it says you've come short. You didn't measure up. Well, we better move on. These Proverbs are, oh, they are terrific, friends. Now, verse 3, commit thy works unto Jehovah, and thy thoughts shall be established. Now, the word here, commit, is a very interesting word. It could be rendered roll. You know, just roll your affairs over upon the Lord, and he'll take charge. In fact, that's actually the way that I got saved, because I ran away to Detroit, got in sin, came home, and my, how my conscience bothered me. And then a preacher told me that being justified by faith, we have peace with God. God wasn't mad at me that he bore my sins. And so there are many times even to this good day that at night if I can't sleep, I like to just roll over and just say, Lord Jesus, I'm resting on you. Just roll over, rest in him. Commit thy works unto Jehovah. Commit the whole thing. Many of you right now worried about tomorrow, next week, next year, about the future. How's this going to work out? I'm doing this. How will it work out? Well, why don't you just turn it over to him? Roll it over on him. How wonderful it is. And what a picture this is. Now in verse 4, we have, Jehovah hath made all things for himself. Yea, even the lawless for the day of evil. And my friend, here is strong medicine for you. I tell you, here's a pill that'll send you on a trip. And I mean a trip. Jehovah hath made all things for himself. Have you ever wondered why that the ocean is salty? And why will you have a tide? You say, well, it's according to certain laws. Who made the laws? You know why the ocean is salty? Because God wanted it that way. The Lord Jesus was the creator, and he wanted it that way. Somebody says, well, that's due to a certain law that the land has been filtered, The salt has made the ocean that way. By the way, who put the salt in the land to begin with? A very interesting thing is that I don't care what you do with evolution, you go back to a time when you've got to have somebody make something to get the thing started. You know who started it? God did. And not only that, he made all these things for himself. What today is the chief end of man? Well, I learned that in the catechism a long time ago, and it's good. What is the chief end of man? The chief end of man is to glorify God and enjoy him forever. Now, I don't care who you are today or wherever you are. God created you for his glory. Nobody says, what about that drunkard in the street down there? What about that crooked man today? And I won't identify him any more than that. Somebody will say, you're picking on that group. Well, I'm not. But you could find crooked men in a whole lot of groups. That lost man. What about him? You mean he's for the glory of God? My friend, this is a strong pill. Are you ready to swallow it? All of that is for the glory of God. Somebody says, I don't like it. I don't remember he ever asked you whether you liked it or not. He never asked me whether I liked it or not. And very frankly, there are certain things I don't understand, and I could make some verifying suggestions to the Lord. But the Lord says... Vernon McGee, I didn't make this universe for you. This universe exists for me and you exist for me. And you're going to be for my glory, whether it'll be for good or bad, whether you are saved or lost. God's accomplishing his purpose today, my friend. Don't you think it's about time you got in step with God? He's the one running the thing. A great many people want to make sure they're going with the crowd, going with the thing that's popular, going with the thing that's going to work out. My friend, I don't know how things are going to work out in this world, but I do know this. Ultimately, it's all going to be for the glory of God (laughs) and even the lawless for the day of evil. God's going to make the wrath of man to praise him. You say, how? I don't know. Let's wait. He'll show us someday. Are you willing to trust him and commit your way to him and Get in step with him. The very wonderful thing is that God's moving this universe according to his plan and purpose. The Greeks had a proverb that went like this. The dice of the gods are loaded. And that's exactly what God is saying to you today. Now, whether you like it or not, God is saying to you, don't gamble with me Don't act like I don't exist. You can play house like I don't exist and that this is your universe and you're going to work it out your way. But I want you to know that if you start gambling with me, you'll lose because you see, this is my universe and I make the dice come up my way, not your way. My dice are loaded. (laughs) I already know how they're coming up. You don't. So the thing to do is to get in step with God. A man, the scripture says, he's a fool that live without God. The fool hath said in his heart there is no God. He that cometh to God must believe that he is, and he's a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. My this is a oh this is a pill, is it not? And it's one that's hard for men to swallow. Now, I'm going to keep moving over here. We find in verse 7 a proverb that I've wrestled with a great deal. It says, "...when a man's ways please Jehovah, he maketh even his enemies to be at peace with him." Now, I've come up with several answers to this. The fact of the matter is I have searched what other men have had to say on this, and it's been quite interesting. You mean to tell me that if your ways please Jehovah that you wouldn't have an enemy? Well, if that were true, then God wouldn't have an enemy, and he does have an enemy. But this is the position. If your ways please Jehovah, then your enemy may hate you. And by the way, he will hate you if your way pleases Jehovah. And the interesting thing is, these folk, when the chips are down, will admit, that God is using you. That's the important thing. The nicest thing that's been said about me in Southern California was actually said by a man who very frankly says, he hates me. He says, I hate him. But he says, he teaches the word of God. (laughs) I say, thank you, Mr. Enemy. You're carrying out this proverb. You have to make that kind of an acknowledgment if you're honest in your statement. I love the proverb, by the way. Now, that's my interpretation of it. Now, we have here many very wonderful things that are coming up, and I'm inclined to pass over some of these in order to lift out some that we believe are very important. Let me come to verse 18. Pride goeth before destruction, and a haughty spirit before a fall. I have that underlined in my Bible. Better is it to be of an humble spirit with the lowly than to divide the spoil with the proud. Now, here again is a thrust that's made at that which God hates, pride. That is number one on God's hate parade, and he says he hates it. That is the thing that brought the archangel that we know as Satan. He was Lucifer, son of the morning. Probably the highest creature God created until sin was found. What was the sin? It was pride. He tempted to lift himself above God because he was such a great creature that God had created and he'd given him this power of free choice, which is a tremendous thing. I think that was a very dangerous weapon God put in the hands of some of his creatures. Now, some of them, you take the ducks, they follow an instinct. When it's winter time, they leave Canada and they winter down in South America. And in summertime, why, they summer up in Canada and back and forth they go. And they do it because they're moved by instinct. But man has a free will. A man can stay in Canada in the winter time. I don't know why he would, and he can go south in the summertime. And again, I don't see why he would do that. And so you have here this awful thing known as pride. And this is the thing that was the undoing of that man Haman, in the book of Esther. And then there's the story. there's so many in Scripture that illustrate this, matter of pride, Absalom. Imagine him rebelling against his father David. And then there was Goliath, the giant, filled with pride. Ahab filled with pride. All of these. Now, I drop down to verse 24 here. It says, Pleasant words are as a honeycomb, sweet to the soul, health to the bones." Pleasant words. We all like to hear something good, don't we? And we go and buy a newspaper to get the bad news always. And we all subscribe for the paper. And it's too bad people don't read the Bible. It's filled with good news. In fact, that's what the gospel is, good news. And then verse 25, here we are again. There is a way that seemeth right unto a man, but the end thereof are the ways of death. Now, somebody's going to say to me, say, we've had that before. Well, we have back in chapter 14, verse 12. And why in the world is it repeated? Well, the Lord didn't want you to miss this one, so he gave it to us the second time. The way that seemeth right unto a man. And then we have in verse 27, an ungodly man diggeth up evil, and in his lips there is a burning fire. There are certain folk and I'm sure all of us know somebody like this. I could write down a friend of mine next to this. That friend of mine, when I wanted to know what was going on in church circles, I always contacted him. I'd call him up, and he would generally start in something like this. He'd say, by the way, Dr. McGee, have you heard? And you know I hadn't heard. If you wanted the latest and the juiciest, You call that brother, and you say, well, was he a godly man? I don't know. I've often wondered about him. He's gone now. Where he went? I haven't the foggiest notion. But the Scripture says an ungodly man diggeth up evil. This fellow was always digging it up. I don't know. I can't sit in judgment on him. He certainly made a profession. And then we have here, verse 28, a froward man soweth strife. And a whisperer separateth chief friends. As we said the other day, that some people will believe anything if it's whispered to them. And there are those that will go around and whisper things. Separate friends. And then verse 33. The lot is cast into the lap, but the whole disposing thereof is of the Lord. I have written this verse over the book of Esther. The Feast of Purim was a feast that is based on a day in which they cast lots. But you see again, and I close with this, the dice of the gods are loaded. God says, don't gamble with me. Don't take a chance. I'm God. This is my universe. I made it. And it's going to be for my glory. It's for my purpose. Now, do you want to cooperate? you want to get in step with God or continue in rebellion? Well, His will is going to prevail, friends. Mine won't. Yours won't. But God's will will prevail. Oh, that you and I get in step with him and be at peace with him, being justified by faith. Until next time, may God richly bless you.
0: If you haven't yet surrendered your life to the Lord Jesus Christ, I need to ask you, what are you waiting for? It's the best decision that you could ever make. If you want to know more, we've got some free resources that we'd love to share with you. You can visit ttb.org to find those, and then click on How Can I Know God? Or you can always call us at 1-800-65-BIBLE. I'm Steve Schwetz, and I'll meet you here next time as we together go through the Bible. Through the Bible exists to take God's whole word to the whole world. And we invite you to stand with us with your faithful prayer and financial support. Where will God's word go today?